one of the best movie scenes in history. I know you're talking about National Lampoon's Vacation. <laughs> oh, he... <laughs> oh, he's a very typical male in that scene. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that. Oh. We could do a segment just for that movie. That's brilliant. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Thank you so much for tuning in. We do. We really appreciate it. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Say hi to Doug. And also, we'd like to say hi to Mary today. Check them out. All right. I, I do want to say this, that um, I am a prepared individual as it pertains to driving on roads. I know that winter was coming. I understood that it snowed. My dog was frolicking out in the snow. And then she comes back with leaves and whatever on her feet. But I deal with that. But on the roads, I slipped twice today. And I didn't mean to. uh, But it does take a little time to get used to things. So all the things. Turn your lights on. Leave an extra bit of distance between you and the car. Understand if you slam the brakes on, all you're going to do is slide. Pumping is good. Um, what else is there any other advice that you have for people about driving? No, just be careful. Such a general rule, but it's such a golden one. You know, be careful. It's tough out there. Yeah. All right. I was inspired. I was very. It was good. from the heart. Yeah, I meant it. Well, I mean, it, it, every word was a jewel. Hi, LT. Thoughts on if ninety-seven injury could kickstart Kane seeming disengaged so far, Mike from New Brunswick. Here's what I wonder about his shots. For 60 at 5-on-5 five five have been halved. He's shooting half as often in hitting or his net than he did a year ago. And I like we know he had the wrist issue, and we don't know if it's 100% yet. So there are some things about Evander Kane that are a worry. Now, he is a guy with high skill, so you want to, as, as much as you can, play him with skill. But I don't mind that he was frustrated by his lack of playing time. I think that might be good, and I think that might be the message the coaching staff is sending, which is we need more from you. Not everything in life is going to be without confrontation or friction. Not everything's like this show, which is all kumbaya. Everything's fine. Nobody gets upset. Low Tide, I think the term organized bleep bleep applies nicely to your show from Hacksaw. Well, sure. One of the words was cluck. Uh, <laughs> um, Gord Oil says, your ability to deal on the fly, your show should, uh, is as Sheldon Cooper would say, an un- unravelable. That was a hard thing to say. I hurt myself. Would you trade Cece and Fogel and Yanmar to Columbus for Peak and Boquist and Texier? Texier. Would Columbus? No. Texier is an interesting guy. You're trading Cece and Fogel and Yanmar. Um, I would say that, that Fogel's a free agent at the end of the year. Cece at his price may be a little bit overpriced. I like Texier a lot. Te- is it, how do you pronounce it? Texier? Texiery? Uh, Somebody says you need to shorten your shifts. I don't know what that means, but I like it. 
Adam Larson used to be ruthless in the corners, too. It was crazy, the murder he'd get away with. Adam Larson was the biggest stick man in an oiler uniform since Jason Smith. And I don't think he ever got the reputation for it because he looks like a, you know, a nice Swedish man, you know, probably takes babies to the park every day and, you know, takes them home and they get to eat licorice. But he is, he is, he is, I loved him as well. I loved watching him. I'm just tuning in LT right now. So apologies if this has already been asked, but what's with all of the doom and gloom on your blog yesterday? Uh, You've been the voice of reason about small sample sizes and all of that. What gives Justin? Justin, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated by the Oilers coaching staff that are, um, at this point, I think really buttoning down the team too much you need to have young players if you're going to spend 12 and a half million on Connor mcdavid and eight and a half million on leon dry and 9.25 on darnell nurse and i'm not arguing that that's a bad idea then you are going to have to be playing young players making under a million dollars in feature roles right now ryan mcleod and evan bouchard are in feature roles and they're young players i'm suggesting that dylan holloway should get a look over matthias janmark on one of the skill lines. And I do think that Philip Broberg could play with Matthias Ekholm as an experience for 10 games, experiment for 10 games. And then you, you back off Bouchard's minutes and you get him a little bit of confidence. These are not revolutionary ideas. These are common sense ideas. And for whatever reason, the Oilers, they had a chance to keep Lavoie and they signed Adam Ernie instead. Adam Ernie brings some things. One of them is physicality, but the Oilers need goals. Raphael Lavoie can score goals. He can score them from range and can beat a goalie clean. The Oilers are going in a particular direction. I'm suggesting, and that's why the criticism was there, that along with those, I think, short-sighted decisions by Ken Holland and 21-man roster and by Jay Woodcroft by not playing Dylan Holloway and playing Adam Ernie instead and Matthias Janmark instead, added to... Some erosion by Evander Kane, and I do wonder if there's some long-term issues with his shot because he's shooting half of the time. And Connor Brown's slow comeback from a year off, basically. And by slow, I just mean it's slow. I'm not saying he's slower than normal. I'm sure it's a lot. Brown's playing well, but his offensive chops aren't there yet. So you've got two wingers that you assumed would be part of your top six who aren't there, one of which was Warren Fogle replacing Brown, and I think that's a fair trade. But the other one is Yanmark replacing Kane, and I do not think that's a fair trade. I think it would be better to play Dylan Holloway. That's why I'm criticizing, because I think it's warranted. And I do think that the Edmonton Oilers, under Ken Holland, have signed a lot of men, 30 and older, to long-term deals, and some of them are going to bite the Oilers in the ass. And one of them might be Evander Kane. The time to do what you're saying regarding the young guys' deployment should have been happening two seasons ago. The time to do it isn't when you believe you can win the Cup. See, I disagree with that. I think you always have to do that. You always have to have... Here's the thing. You need inexpensive value contracts on your team because it's the cap, and you're spending $30 million on three guys. That That's a fact. So once you have... Pot committed to McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nurse. And I'm not arguing it's a bad idea. I'd do it. I don't know if I'd sign the Nurse deal, but I'd do it. And it's they did it to themselves on the Nurse deal. Once you're in, you're in. 
Now you have to do what Jay Woodcroft did in his first year and in his second year and is not doing this year. You have to play the kids. If you play them in October and November, they will pay you back in March, April, and hopefully May, June. That's my point. The Oilers are, are, they're, they're not doing that. They're, the, Dylan Holloway and Philip Broberg are going to be no more useful three months from now than they are now because they're not playing them in roles that are making them stretch as players. I don't know if Dylan Holloway can score, but when Evander Kane isn't scoring, putting Matthias Janmark there is just helping the team defensively. It doesn't help them offensively. I like Matthias Janmark. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think that's the right role for him. Next week, he should talk about the Fury-Francis fight. Okay, I'll write that down. Hey, guys, I'd love an MMA segment. It's already done, Craig and Red Deer. It's going to be called Mama MMA, and it comes up on Mondays. We don't know the time yet, but we'll do it. Sure as shooting. Is Woody coaching not to lose instead of to win? I think he is. That's, that's what I think he's doing. I think he's acting like he's Craig McTavish now, and he wasn't when he started here. And what that does is when you play the youth, you increase the pool of talent. All of a sudden, instead of having the regular guys and then a bunch of other guys that are sort of around and never are going to play and can't push up the depth chart, you've got guys who are worried about maybe getting healthy scratched. You know, Dylan Holloway's on the second line now, and that moves me down to the third line. I better get my ass in gear. That That... You, the coach doesn't have any hammer. He's got 20 guys he's taken to Minnesota. Who's not dressing? Right? They're going to have seven defensemen, 11 forwards, and two goalies. That's 20. So nobody's worried about the backup goalie probably won't play. Everybody else is going to play. Yes, looking forward to Monday. Seve, the commissioner. He's the one who inspired it. My wife of 14 years told me the other day, I talked to myself as I was building an Ikea shelf, and she says it's whole conversations that I can never be quiet when alone. I told her it's been 14 years. The bigger concern is her not noticing. Uh, yeah, I don't know whether you want to go that way, but, you know, Godspeed to you, sir. <laughs> you you go your best. I, I found that, that things I had a um, in my life with my wife, I had a... A unerring ability to find what was the wrong thing and just blurt that out. So I'm not giving anybody any advice. I, you know, my problem was I thought it was clever and what I wasn't was clever. Oilers need to be developing prospects like low tide develops producers, Havana Ben. It's true. It is true. If you go back and look at the people who have been producers for my show, let's list them off, shall we? I know everybody loves this. We had uh, Connor Halley. Um, we had Allison Curry. We had Fred Papernick. We had Lieutenant Eric. We had Tata Uremchuk. We had Jeff Walker. We had Hernan Salas. And we have you. And all of them have gone on. Hernan's basically running the Elks. Uh Yuremchuk uh, is going to be a super duper star. He's already working every day with Saravali. Lieutenant Eric is a, a just a wildly popular personality across Edmonton and a fantastic guy who married a beautiful girl. 
I mean, think of all the wonderful things that have happened to every, and Hallie's here, but other than that, everybody's doing great. It's a pretty elite list of guys. It really yeah, is. Straight. A pretty elite and list girls. of people. Yes, yep. uh, yes, excuse yep. me. Pretty elite list of people. I don't want to be the one to break the mold. So I got to do something pretty spectacular. Uh, we'll figure out what that is in the, uh, the near or late future. But uh, listen, I don't want to break the chain. I don't want to be the weak link. So, you know, I'll do my best. It's a serpentine draft, LT. You go first, pick McDavid. I'll pick Hughes and Demko. You pick Drysidle. What's your next pick, Tim? You're 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 giving yourself. You're already you've already lost. I mean, I can't make that argument. You can have fill your hat, but I'm not going to make it. The two best players in your conversation are McDavid and Drysidle. Mm. Hey, LT. Do I have time for this? What have we got at 120, Gregor? Okay, I got time. Hey, LT, I'm a big Leon fan as a fellow from German descent. However, his repeated blatant missing of defensive assignments like on the winner is a grave concern. Not to mention the silly penalties. Being tired is no excuse. Doubly, in his presser after he stated he made a small mistake minimizing the issue, he hasn't proved at the most important times of the game defensively he can be counted on yet. He 100% needs for us to be ever to be hope uh, to get sipping Lord Stanley uh, dirty curly. I'll, I'll just say this, that, that every player makes mistakes. Your team is the one you watch very closely. So you make mistakes. So they make mistakes and you notice those mistakes. I mean, maybe Nick Lidstrom didn't make mistakes, but everybody else does. Leon is, he's going to lose his check, but he's not going to lose his check like Zach Cassian lost his check. And he's not going to jump out of the lane like some of these guys are doing. Leon is a man. He's a big, I'm not going to swear, he's a big power forward. And and he is all kinds of gifted. He's not a perfect player. He His shifts are too long. He can pull the shoot on some back checking at times. He does make those suicide passes. You'd like him to clean those up, especially, I think, the passes. However, I, I, I just think you take the minimal bad with all the glory good. It's like a relationship. You know, I'm sure your girlfriend, if I really asked her, she'd come up with 10 or 11 or 100 things that irritate her about you. But I bet she could come up with 4,000 great things about you. Yeah, those numbers sound about right, on par. You know. You must have noticed them as well if you came up with the number 4,000 so quickly, I may add. So thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I didn't. I'm just making stuff up. I mean, I have no idea, but I'm assuming you're a good guy, so I bet you'd be a good boyfriend. I don't want to be your boyfriend, but I think you could be a good one. Yeah, good save. No, I'm okay. I mean, listen, I'm a little selfish when it comes to my uh, when, when it comes to the sports. I have to watch my football on Saturdays and Sundays, but uh, you know, I, yeah, I think I do okay. You know what we would do in our marriage was I had to watch, not had to, but when when the when the game was boring or the it wasn't an important game by that I mean Bruins or the Oilers, um, we'd watch like Dateline. That's the one with Keith Morrison, right? I don't know. I thought, okay, yeah, sure. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a small, sleepy city in the South. Everybody knows everybody, and everybody gets along until that sort of thing. Yeah, they were best friends (laughs) until they weren't. (laughs) That's right. A long road leads to the sewer. Yeah, so that's what I would watch, and and we'd watch shows that we had in common. And you, you, it's in a relationship, a really important word that people mock and think is a bad word is compromise. 
If you can learn that compromise is a good word and a word that can benefit both sides and make everybody happy, then you, you know, Bob's your uncle. The sky's the limit. You can do anything you want. I don't know what to call that segment, but I think we're done. Jason Greger is on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Joined now by Jason Greger, who's teeing up the show and getting ready for uh, 2 o'clock. You were at the uh, rink today, and I know that you tweeted out the power play lines with Kane moving up to the bumper spot on the number one power play. Anything else you noticed? Well, they didn't run any lines today. It was a special teams practice, which you know, maybe it was planned. Um, maybe it's Jay Woodcroft uh, not wanting anybody to know what his lines are going to be before the game. But um, you know what? It was, uh, well, Stuart Skinner's pads. I definitely noticed yeah. the whole outfit. Wow. I actually no. had a chance to chat with him about it. So um, he's actually going to take them to Minnesota. I don't expect him to start. I expect Jack Hamill to be the starting goaltender tomorrow. No. But, um, you know, you want to wear those uh, sets uh, quite a few different times just to ensure that uh, you feel comfortable for it. And you know what? Uh, the orders are... You know what? They're pretty comfortable. Obviously, uh, you know, no McDavid here for uh, for the next two games at least. Yeah. Uh, you know, three or four, we'll see. Uh, the one benefit to the orders with McDavid's injury is they're actually in a stretch of where they don't play a lot of games. Yes. Right? They had they played Saturday, two days off. They played Tuesday. They played Thursday, two days off Sunday, three days off yeah. until Dallas comes here on the second half of a back-to-back. So from the schedule maker... If you were ever picking a time for Connor McDavid to be injured and have him miss the minimal amount of games, it's now. So he technically he could only miss four games if you, if you look at it that way. Yeah. So and if they uh, win a couple of those, people will be thrilled. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Hey, if the order can go five hundred without McDavid, it's a step up considering they're one three and one with him yeah. uh, so far. It obviously hasn't been the best start for the Edmonton owners. That's Captain Obvious statement of the day. But you know, I'm kind of curious. To me. If you ran Yanmark with Nugent Hopkins last game mm-hmm. and Fogel, would you just stick with that and then put Kane? Or do you make sure that, New- that Nugent Hopkins has one of Kane or Hyman and then they split up? Like Fogel, massive um, samples, small sample size, yeah. has had some decent success with uh, with McDa- with uh, Dry Subtle, excuse yeah. me. So, you know, you could play him and, uh, you know, Kane or, or him and Hyman if you wanted to uh, with. With Drysidle and then put Kane with Nugent Hopkins, but you know, if to me Holloway's in the top nine now, there's it's yeah. impossible not to. I think Ryan and Ernie will be uh, in your in your your fourth line to start. Mm-hmm. So you know, a little bit more ice time for him. But this will be collective. Al, I went back to to twenty twenty, the February when McDavid missed six games, and the orders forwards right now are infinitely better than yeah. the forward group they had then. But the difference was. Mike Smith and Mikko Koskinen, those six games, Mike Smith played four of them. He had a 930 save percentage. Yeah. Mikko Koskinen played two of them. He had a 931 save percentage. And the penalty kill did not allow one goal yeah. in six games. They outscored the opposition 18-17 out, but their penalty kill was perfect. And that, it's not just offense we can talk about here. The other elements of the game, goaltending is going to have to be better. Penalty kill is going to have to be better. Five on five, They're going to have to be better in a lot of areas to overcome McDavid. Yeah. The other thing is that, that one thing I always – kind of makes me chuckle because every once in a while I'll have somebody say, uh, well, you know, 
Why can't they have goaltending like Mike Smith and Koskinen? If you remember, when Smith and Koskinen were here, fans weren't happy with those guys either. Al, it's so funny. And I've seen a few people, because people would write about Mike Smith was bad, and I said, why don't you guys take a second to look at his numbers? Because here's the problem. It's what I like to say. It's the what my memory tells me analysis without actually digging deeper. And so people would remember, oh, Mike Smith. Remember that one time he made an errant pass and the other team score? Or Mike Smith was, you know, he's a little behind the net and they stole the puck and they scored. Yeah, but what about the 100 other saves? No, I don't remember those. I just remember those plays. Yeah. And that's all they think about. Yeah. So Mike Smith actually had really good numbers. Koskinen had okay numbers as a backup, but Mike Smith's numbers, if you look at them, especially when you look at his contract, were unbelievable. Yeah. Like, it was incredible value. And you just want consistency. So, yeah, Mike Smith would have a, an error once every few games, but he'd also make about 10 really good passes in between or 15 before his next one. So yeah. it's always fun to be careful what you wish for. Because uh, they were all, oh, Smith's never good enough. And I'm like, well, Smith's numbers were actually pretty darn good when they were really competitive. I wanted to ask you about Evan Bouchard. I, I think that young defensemen who are struggling as he has with the puck, and that's supposed to be his, it is his strength. I wonder about backing him off a little bit, maybe even putting him on the third pair with Kulak. It would require Broberg to play with Ekholm or, or DeHernay, and then you'd run CeCe Nurse. But I think that the to slow the game down for him, to have him play, he could play the power play, but have him play less at five on five might benefit him because he played brilliantly on Saturday, but he does his outlet passing has not been as good and it's been intercepted more. And I, I know he's a fine player, but right now maybe less is more. 100% now. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong. The Bouchard's going to get all his touches because he's on their number one power play and they're out there for a long time. So it's not a, a big issue. And here's the thing. If he plays regular, minutes in your third pair it's not like the third pair here plays six minutes less than the second pair we're talking the difference of maybe three shifts yes in the course of a game and plus he's going to then play less um you know skilled players in theory if you look at who they play against right yeah. it's probably not going to talk about but nurse and cc have been excellent as a pair through five games go look at their numbers but nobody says that yeah. because nurse makes nine two five and yeah. that's all anybody can say yeah again uh it's it's clouded analysis. You, you have to be able to analyze what's happening right now. I don't care about the past no. because the past, we're only talking about right now. And if you actually look at CC and nurses numbers and people like to say, well, what about nurse with McDavid? Yeah. Go look at McDavid's numbers away from nurse this year. No. They're awful. Five on five. No. So I know I'm not saying it's because of nurse. I'm just pointing it out. The nurses numbers away from McDavid are way better than McDavid's numbers away from nurse yes. this season. Small sample size, but nurse and CC, like Cody CC has bounced back. He's looking now it's early. He's looking more like the Cody CC from 22. When him and nurse were a very good pairing that they year. Were. That's they were. That same season. Pairing. Yeah, they yeah. did. Um, any thought of, and this is, I don't know that they would do it, but I wonder about bringing up a center like Elaine Peterson. You'd have to send down Ernie or somebody, but somebody who could play in the middle for on that fourth line, which will be makeshift. It'll only be two or three players, but having that guy who can, and maybe it's Derek Ryan, I don't know. It's an interesting one. I haven't really thought of that. They Right now, I think they're, they're fairly loyal to their veteran guys. Um, I think I, I do know that Ernie had been offered some two-way contracts in the summer, mm -hmm. and he elected to go with the PTO in Edmonton because he thought there's a better chance that you know be on Edmonton where you can win. Right. And so, if you put him on waivers, there may be concern that some of those teams who offer two ways still might be interested at this point. So, I think it would be low percentage. And be very honest about that. I think it'd be very low percentage, just like I thought it was a low percentage. Lavoie would get claimed. So you could do it. Um, 
It all depends on on how you're going to use him. I think they like Ernie as a penalty killer. Right? And, and actually, he had five on five. If you look at his numbers, he's actually been pretty good five on five. So there's not a lot of reason to take him out mm-hmm. at this juncture just based on the role you're using man and the minutes he's played. Um, I want to talk about Sam Gagne because I think it's a great story, and I think it could be a really good story because the the decade of darkness started before Gagne was drafted, but it really kicked into high gear. And I think it would be a great story if he were to make it back to the team, make the team, make the playoffs, play in the playoffs, they win Stanley Cup. And I don't care who hands them the Stanley Cup. What a great bookend to those years of suffering to have Sam Gagne lift the Stanley Cup at home, say, in Edmonton. Wow, that's a that's a great fiction. I'm not <laughs> sure it's nonfiction or realistic, to be honest, but I understand the premise behind it for sure. And I talked to Sam uh, he was waiting. The reason Sam wasn't didn't sign in Bakersfield ten days ago, he's been sitting here waiting to get the uh, uh, a work visa, right? And people don't understand the work visas are different because every year you apply for a new one. When he was in Winnipeg last year, he didn't have to apply for a special one because he's a Canadian citizen, right? But when you're now going to be hosting by an American team, you have to apply for a different one, and so it takes some time. It's not they don't get all sped through right away, and so he was waiting on that. He got that. Um, he told me, you know what? He just wants to go down and see how things go. He feels confident that now that he's healthy, and I asked him just kind of how his hips feel and everything, he goes, man, it's a world of difference. Now, and that's just feeling better. But feeling better and playing better are two very different things. Sure. So, but that'll probably help him. Um, I don't think he's under any illusions that if he goes down there that automatically he's getting a recall. But if Sam Gagne goes down there and plays very well, and it's not just going to be about points. Right, I think Sam Gagne, when he comes back to Edmonton, has got to be someone who maybe could help on a penalty kill. Right, right? he's been penalty kill. He was penalty killing in, in Winnipeg a little bit. So, yeah. th- those are the things you look at. It's challenging because they got young guys down that they want to play, and they've got too many veterans anyway. So some veterans got to sit out anyway. So, you know what? I'll, I'm curious to see how Sam does. He hasn't played uh, since what March. Yeah. So you know he's on an HL only deal, so there's no pressure. He could be a guy that plays there for three months, Al. And if he's good, then maybe he gets called out. I would say this. I'd be very surprised if you see an early recall and a signing, I guess, would be for Sam Gagne, unless there's like a string of injuries. Mm-hmm. I think he's got to get 10, 15 games and see how it goes, see how he feels. Is Vegas gone? Like, I know that it's only five games. They're 5-0. and oh, but th- Six and 0 oh now. They six, beat Chicago. Okay. Six and 0 oh. So... We know the margins here, and we've seen the Oilers get behind early and not recover. Um, I can't believe that they're going to have this kind of pace. They're going to lose more than 15 games, so they'll have their bad streaks. But it does feel sort of already like climbing a mountain. Well, it's not just Vegas. If you're looking at the West, it's Colorado. They're 5-0 and as well. So, you know, best case scenario, Edmonton's seven back of Colorado, right? They've each played five. If Vegas, if Edmonton wins their next game, that's their sixth game, then they're still seven back of Vegas through six games. They were 11 points behind Vegas last year after the 20 game mark. Edmonton was 10 and 10. Vegas was 15, 4 and 1. Right. They gained nine points over the final 62, but still lost out by two points, cost them home ice advantage. And that's where I've said it. This, I'm not worried about the orders one and three, one start missing the playoffs for them. I just think it'll make their Stanley Cup aspirations significantly harder because they're probably going to have to go on the road to Vegas and then maybe Colorado, right? Because at this point, it looks like Colorado is going to win the Central. Yeah. 
and if Vegas finishes first in the Pacific, then unless those teams get upset by someone in the first or second round, You're gonna meet that's it. where Edmonton's going on the road. And all we have to do is look at the, I'm just playing the odds here. If you look at the history, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's harder because the home ice advantage becomes more of an advantage later on in the playoffs. First round, total wild card. That's been proven. But just you look at the percentage of home wins in the second round, then the third round, then the fourth round, it increases. Uh, final question. Elk's future brighter than Rough Rider's future? Well, it all depends on what the board's going to do, Al. I've, I've heard some rumblings that you know the league might give the uh, Elks kind of the freedom to not have the uh, the penalty of a cap because right now if if you would relieve Chris Jones of all his duties he would still count in the management cap. Right. Well, it's impossible then to do that and then replace him with anyone. Right. Now, here's here's the challenge. So Chris Jones, these are just factual numbers, not opinion. 2 years as head coach GM DC in Edmonton. They are 8 and 28. That's a fact. Not right? good. Not he good. waited too long to fire his previous offensive coordinator, despite five years of knowing that McAdoo wasn't good. This was not new. The numbers backed it up. And Chris Jones, go look at his success in Saskatchewan. Over the term, I think it was a 500 coach when he was coaching GM. Right. When Chris Jones is only the head coach, he has a much better chance of having success. So would Chris Jones relinquish the GM duties to stick on his head coach and, and uh, DC? I don't know. I I can get how it might be a shot at your ego, and it would be hard for anybody out there to be like, well, geez, I had this position. Well, now I don't have it. Am I looking over my shoulder? Possibly. But if Chris Jones gets let go, Saskatchewan's not hiring him again. I wouldn't think so anyway. No. Maybe they would, but I'd be surprised. How many other head coaching openings are there going to be in the CFL this offseason? Probably maybe one more, and I'm not Like maybe Ottawa? Montreal's not, you know, Hamilton and Montreal aren't changing their head coach. So where would he go, right? So that's going to come down. And here's here's a few things to me, Al, that's the problem right now for the Elks. I think the board has too much say. Right. The board should have no say. They should be on the board. They should have no say on football operations decisions. None. They have too much say now. That to me, you got too many uh, um, you know, roosters in the hen house, shall we say, Al? Yeah. And I don't think it's working for them. Uh, are you going to be able to pull it back? Right. No. The problem was it started a little bit with Rick Lauscher and then Len Rose. I'm sure if you asked him if there was one area made was try to be more. Oh, let's give the board more say. Well, you have more say to people who aren't expertise in it. You can have problems. Yeah. So there would be an easy solution here, Al, because they've worked together. And they had success. You bring Ed Hervey in as a GM, and you have Chris Jones as the head coach in the D.C. Right? Ed Hervey knows how to control Jones, right? And I think all the myths of people suggesting that it was Chris Jones who brought in all those players has been proven false. No. Right? No. It was Ed Hervey who brought in them. Yes, Chris Jones brought in Dexter McCoyle, one guy. Great. The rest were, were Ed Hervey as the GM. So would they do it? I don't know. Would the board be want, Would the Could the board get past themselves to bring back Ed Hervey? Because really... Who else has GM experience? You might want to promote G. Roy Simon. He's a rookie GM. Mm -hmm. Then who's he going to hire as a head coach? Is he going to be a rookie head coach? Right? Probably not. Not a good idea. And and the other thing is, don't get rid of Jarius Jackson. The last thing you need to do is have your your young quarterback who finally feels comfortable with somebody, who's a former quarterback himself, who's been around the league a long time, knows quarterbacks, good offensive play caller, to learn a new one. So to me, whoever they bring in as the head coach – they better be smart enough not to change their OC because the strength of the Elks is going to be their quarterback. 
Now, he's got to get better. You know, he's got to learn to read a defense. But you know what? I, I, I think we're seeing signs of it. Yeah. He's getting slowly better. He's a young guy. Yeah. But if they don't make those changes, I don't think they're going to improve that much because Chris Jones cannot do all three jobs. He can't. I shouldn't say that. He can do all three jobs. He just can't do it effectively to win. Right. He can't do them all. What's coming up on the show? Well, we're going to hear from uh, Nugent Hopkins. Obviously, uh, he's a guy who's going to have to step up. But I'll say this, Al, crunching all the numbers. It's everybody. It's not just Nugent Hopkins. Yep. It's not just dry subtle. It's going to be a collective team effort, goaltending. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, Christine Sinclair, of course, she uh, her retirement, Andy Petrillo will be by. So we'll focus on what does that mean and what does it really mean for the national team going forward, Al? Like, that's a pretty big void yeah, I do. to lose. Um, you know, we're talking about the new NHL website, uh, Edge, and uh, some of the numbers that it offers for, for diehard fans who are looking into things and, and want to see kind of how that showcases. And uh, we'll kind of give you a, a wrap-up on the uh, elk season and where they're going from here. Beautiful. Look forward to it. Thank you, Jason. We'll take a break. It's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. This is our cool-down. Cynthia Carolick, 15 minutes. You know, the snow reminds me that it's October once again for Operation Friendship Senior Society. The goal is 10,000 pairs of new warm winter socks for low-income and homeless seniors. All this month, drop off your donations at the Sports 1440 Lobby in West Edmonton Mall during business hours. Go to sports1440.ca for more info and other drop-off locations. Outstanding stuff. I love that about Edmonton. Edmonton is very much a city uh, that's very generous. And we know from reports uh, a year ago and over the years that that we live in a climate that is, it, I mean, it's just excruciating and, and death is possible. So for our homeless uh, residents, our homeless people, so... That's a great way to help out, and I know you will. Before Christmas, right now, for any organization, is the time to play the youth and try out the vets in different situations. It's a marathon of a season plus playoffs. Knowing what a team can do and where it can improve happens right now, ranting Rob. Exactly. So play the kids. Play Holloway. Put them up on a line with Nuge. Do you think there's an outside pressure to have 97 playing in the Heritage Classic? Money talks, guaranteed less viewers without them, especially south of the border. Thanks, Derek. Or Dirk. Sorry, Dirk. Uh, It doesn't matter. You don't play him if he's not ready. There's just no damn way. Are they really concerned about losing Ernie on waivers? That's a joke. Please confirm. Well, I was uh, Jason who mentioned you can ask him after two. I, I, I think he said that he thought it was a small chance, but it's a consideration. Nurse makes what? Ha joke. There you go. Uh, just saw a clip of the worst sports franchises in North America. Arizona Phoenix Coyotes were the worst. No surprise. That said, the Oilers could possibly be in the discussion if they don't get better. Woody's head will be chopped off first. No coach since McT in 09 made it to year four. And the McDavid and Leon era will have a fifth coach. Then there'd be talks of breaking the core up. That's another rebuild from Sean. Well, I I foreshadowed that in my blog post yesterday uh, about the fact that you know I think I think we're we're there, you know I, maybe I'm wrong. Would love to be wrong on you know for Oilers fans, but at some point in time, the Edmonton Oilers are are 
you know, they are not going to have these two generational talents on the roster at the same time. That is going to happen. And the increase chance of them staying is a Stanley. This start, do you remember when they all went to the captain's practice and everybody was kumbaya and all of that? Well, it hasn't worked out that way. And you can blame Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I'm not going to. They've shown up. They've been who they are. The Pucks aren't all going in the net, and sometimes they're going in the other net, but they're brilliant hockey players. And we'll see how it goes. But I people are people, you know, and they want to win together, sure, but they want to win. And when Connor McDavid, when this contract runs out, he'll have, uh, you know, he'll have used 11 bullets out of, what, 20 in his career? Or maybe 22 or 25. I don't know how long he wants to play. That's about half. And he hasn't gotten there. So just randomly, just just like imagine if that's your child and they call home and they say, man, I don't know what to do. I spent half my career here and I haven't won anything. And I played hard. I, you know. I mean, I just, I just think that's, it is time to have the talk. What's that song, uh, Call Your Girlfriend? We got to play that one. What's that one called? Is that, I, I was thinking of Call Me Maybe, but if it's something no. else, if it's uh, something else, I can pull it up. My daughter used to play it. I know all these pop songs. Um, Robin, Call Your Girlfriend from I Don't Know What Year. That's what has to happen. 2010, apparently. Okay. The references that I have are all over the map, but it's because I have kids. I don't own that record. I want everybody to know that. I don't own any Lana Del Rey records. I don't know. I do own a Sir John Stevens uh, um, CD, but it was a gift, which I love the album. It's wonderful. He's a very talented guy. Pitt McDavid on the IR until the playoffs. <laughs> Come on. Then bring in Kane, Taves, and Bergeron. Take that, Vegas. Okay, that's a joke. All right. <laughs> you can't LTIR the best player in the game for that month, amount of time when he's really only going to be out two weeks. I just traded McKinnon and Fantasy for Brady Kachuk and Adam Larson. Do I win that trade? Here's why I don't know. I don't know how much penalties are, are valued. I don't know any of that. Um Boy, McKinnon made a play. Was it last night he made a play? Holy moly, what a hockey player. He's good. There's no doubt about it. What was that? Did you make a noise? Nope, nope. Nothing over here. Are you excited about your your, uh, Mama MMA uh, feature next Monday? Yeah, yeah, of course. No, it should be pretty cool. Uh, You know this is what's happening here. Now, we have two hours mm-hmm. and three segments an hour, so that's six segments a day times five. That's 30 segments, and now two of them are yours. Mm-hmm. Slowly but surely, you are you are sort of gaining ground. This is like a land war in Europe. Yep. You are slowly but surely finding your way on your way to Moscow, and only a terrible winter will stop you. Well, the initiation, you know, it started, like you said. Uh, I think you knew it was coming, so you don't seem too broken up about it, but uh, do what I can, <laughs> do what I can, do my best, uh, make some fans, maybe make some friends, and I'll tell you. see what happens. Work. My, I think I'm at, like, what, like, that, that works out to about 5.8% of the show now or something. I'll try I'm not and get sure it what that is, but I do know this, that, that I... I I can tell time and I know the passing of years, so I, I, I will hold on to this like grim death. But having said that, 
you know, time is, is unkind to all of us. So you will eventually take over here and then you'll be, you know, I mean, I imagine they'll turn the cameras on for you and that'll be the end of it. You know, you'll probably have to get a fancy haircut. Do you use any, uh, hair care products? Uh, yeah, some, I didn't today, but sometimes I'll throw a little gel in there. Just get the sides down, get it, uh, get a little volume up in the front. And what I really try to do is just because I like my hair. I like to have my hair a little longer. But but it it is a it is a flat iron mm-hmm. when I wear the headphones. Like oh, I'm yeah. leaving here to go to a meeting, and I will be, you know, here comes flat top, and there's nothing really I can do about it. Yeah, the headphones really do put a dent in the volume. I tell you, you gotta invest in some volumizing shampoo. I think that could work wonders. But honestly, you got pretty good flow to you. Well, you're, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. You got like you got a pretty good head of hair. Like you're you, so you're so kind. I can do no wrong over there. I'm blushing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know we we compliment each other a little too much? I think we got to start bearing down on each other. Yeah, we got to start cutting each other up a little bit to the point it's not funny anymore, and there's real tension. <laughs> it can happen, you know. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of two person radio, and you you do fly too close to the sun, where yeah. where it turns, and you almost enjoy being belittling people as opposed to being kind. I think the key is to do both. Right. You know, you got to find the balance for you sure. Know. You got to find the balance. Did you ever see Saturday Night Live's uh, point counterpoint with uh, Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin? I did not. Okay. Jane Curtin would come on and she'd say just horrible things about Dan Aykroyd. And, and they weren't even things about the, the, the uh, political issue they were talking about. They were just like personal things. And then Dan Aykroyd would say, Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> And it, I mean, it doesn't sound funny when I say it, but it was funny at the time. Just picture Dan Aykroyd as the one saying it. It was funny. He was, he was, uh, he had so many funny characters that he did that were TV type. He did a one called Leonard Plinth Garnell, who was kind of a made up person, but sort of every PBS host ever. Pompous ass, just wonderful. It was really good. Um, you two are like those two gophers on Bugs Bunny. Baha. You know that one? I, I can't. Like, listen, I used to watch a lot of Looney Tunes as a kid. I was a okay. big Roadrunner guy. I can't think of those two. The, they, they're the ones who, oh, I insist you go first. No, no, no. <laughs> I could not think of it. You go first. Okay, that's pretty good then. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's pretty apropos for where we're at. What other team gives 97 a better chance to win, in your opinion? A team that could sign him. Well, here's why people always argue. They argue this like it's it's impossible to sign Conor McDavid. Really? You're sure? You're sure another team could not sign Connor? Are you sure? You're positive. Are you? Because I'm not. Al, can I float something to you? Re-Connor. Sure. This contract ends. He opts not to re-sign here. How big of a pay cut would he be willing to take to go win, if at all? Well, see, you've made my point for me. I was going to make that point, and you cleverly... Uh, jumped ahead of it, mm, okay. like like Henry Winkler in Happy Days. All right. So here's the thing, Connor McDavid, and I don't think it'll be Toronto, but maybe it is. I think it'll be New York. To be honest with you, if Connor McDavid were to sign with the Devils, because I think the Devils are the smartest team on the Eastern Seaboard, I blame Tyler Dello, um, and maybe Carolina. But I think teams like Carolina and New Jersey and maybe the Rangers, but the Rangers always do some weird thing. I think they they are going to find room. 
But I also think that Connor McDavid might say, all right, I'm going to sign for two years at this and just to go to win a Stanley. And I think that that will be a big story here coming up. Just my opinion. And I know people hate me for saying this out loud, but I'm going to. I believe I'm the first media guy to say it. I want credit for that when I'm fired. <laughs> I would like that. In the news released, Alan Mitchell, i.e. Low Tide, was the first man to suggest that Connor McDavid was signed elsewhere. He was fired 11 days later. What would you put the percent chance on that both Dry and McDavid don't resign? That they're both gone at the end of their contracts? Uh, way less than 50. I, I, I think... I think honestly that if they win a Stanley Cup, both could resign. Right. I probably should put the caveat on it that they don't win a Stanley on their current contracts. That was the scenario I was I thinking think, of. I think they'll move heaven and earth to sign one of them. Yeah. And I think the the more likely one to sign here will be McDavid. But um, I I think that that people need to have the conversation. And when I brought it up a couple of years ago. People were mad about it, and you can be. I've decided you can just be mad all you want, but but people I know who are not what we call P ones in media or in radio. P ones are people who listen all day, and we love you, and we call you P one because that's how important you are. But if P two and three fours are saying, "What about this thing?" Then it's time to talk about it. Call your girlfriend. Notice how I came back to that? That's blah, 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 blah. And then we coming right back. Connor Halley knows that song. Does he look good in that hat or what? Oh, he looks good in anything. He's a handsome he man. He's got that little, you know, three-day beard going. You know, Listen, I was a white hat guy when it came to the sports 1440 hats. Then Connor started rocking the blue one, and my goodness, can't get over it. I've, got, I've only got the blue one. Uh, Gregor told me I could only have one and I had to bring it back. So uh, I have that. But the the white one, I think the blue one is good for fair-haired folks. He could do either and it would be fine. There's not a lot he couldn't pull off. Yeah. I think that if we did an experiment where, where all of us individually on separate days were dropped off on the side of the road and had to, to like, say in Vermilion or Kitscotty or... Uh, Grand Prairie or Innisfail and were, were needed to rely on the things that, that could keep us alive. Um, I would probably harness myself to the back of a transport, lose consciousness and show up on the south side three days later. Mm. Hallie would just hitchhike, catch a ride, and probably be eating at a Boston pizza in the city by... By day's end. Right. It's just one of those things. You can get a boatload for those guys. Might work out. Look at Buffalo. <laughs> Everybody funny. You're funny, too. All right. We're done. I enjoyed today very much. You're very, very charming people. You text in the best stuff, and I feel bad for the other shows, but that's how it works. Thanks for tuning in to The Lowdown. Jason Greger's next. Time for a sports update.